If you ever wonder why we sing things, you think we're just doing that to be entertained. Uh, the stuff that we sing is meant to be just what we just did. It's meant to be a prayer from our heart as our mouths open. And yeah, there's music to it, but it's still prayer. God, let your kingdom come. When we sing these songs, especially these songs we're going to be singing about the kingdom uh, this summer, man, my hope is that that's how it resonates with you. This is a new way for me to pray uh, for God's will to be done here in my life, in this community, in our church, in our world. Um, Well, guys, I I want to tell you, um, man, what a week. Vacation Bible School. Um, you know, we, every year it's amazing. It's a great blessing. And, and Catherine walked in this morning. I kind of looked at her as like scale of one to 10. Are you a 15 and worn out and tired? Uh, because it, it, it is, man, it is a, it is a full on everybody, uh, all hands on deck. I want to thank you so much for your support for VBS, whether you gave to it and we had over a hundred volunteers show up for it. Um, we, we had tons of people praying for us all week. We would not have made it through the week if it were not through those prayers. I think that's why Catherine's voice actually held on through VBS because there was a day, uh, there were actually two, two, a couple of days in the office. She's like, I ain't talking. We were trying to do, I don't know sign language. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I was like, I can talk. Why am I not talking? I should, I should be using my voice. And then, and, uh, it was good. We got through it with sticky notes and things, but, um, the Lord was very gracious. We had, um, I would say well over, if, if, we, if we took our total attendance, I get, didn't get the final numbers, we had well over 100. You, are you going to give it to us at the end of the service? Okay, I'm not even going to tell you then. You've got to wait. You've got to wait for it. Um, it, was, it was just an awesome, awesome week. Um, and we're thankful for all that God has done. Guys, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open them up to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. We're continuing our summer uh, series on uh, our summer sermon series on the kingdom of God. And, and we're still kind of defining it, which is crazy because this is week three, right? We're still defining, what is the kingdom of God? We're still kind of in that. The reason we're in that is because the kingdom of God is talked about all throughout the Old Testament. And it's mentioned 160 times just in the New Testament. So we're, we're trying to get an all-encompassing definition of that kingdom, and it's massive. And so kind of said going into this, it's helpful to think about it in, in, in two ways. And the first term that we're going to think about to help us focus on what the kingdom of God is, is the term uh, reign. Specifically, uh, when you see the kingdom mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that word generally, if you were going to just get to like do a word lookup in the Hebrew or the Greek, it usually means God's reign uh, or rule over, over all that he's created. So it's that God has the right to rule over us. So when we talk about the kingdom of God, God has the right to rule. He has the right to be the king. Um, and so we start there. But then there's another term. The kingdom also is spoken about throughout the Bible in, in the terms of a realm. Uh, and, and, and we like to think of that as a place, but, but it's probably better thought of as a time, uh, a time in which God's kingdom is manifest. So God reigns uh, over uh, a realm. And, and so this is where it gets tricky because when you study the Bible, then, then it, it talks about God reigning over uh, two different realms, Really, it did two different times. And so we kind of started like, what, what is that? And so uh, it, it talks about God reigning in a, a future realm to come, a kingdom that is to come. That's what we're singing for. That's what we pray. God, uh, Jesus taught us like, like, this is how you pray to your father. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. It's like, hey, hey, your kingdom, it's supposed to come. It's supposed to be established. It's supposed to change the order of things that I know, God. That's what I want. I want, I want the order of things that I know to be changed in my life. And so we, we pray that way, okay? Excuse me, one second.
There we go. All right. And so we, we pray that. But the other way the Bible talks about the kingdom uh, and, and the realm of God is, is, is in the present sense. Because Jesus shows up on the scene. He's like, the kingdom is now in your midst. And we're like, what do we do with that? And so last week, we talked about that future realm. That future realm. There is a time that is coming when there will be no death, no disease, no divorce, no division, no distraction. Like, that's coming, okay? But, but then we also talked, we left off with, in the person of Jesus, that time, that kingdom, and, and some of its power has invaded the present age. And so we're kind of living here, and, and so the reality is that the age that we're living in is not the future age of glory. It's not the age to come, okay? That's not where we are. In fact, the Bible says that the current age that we live is called an evil age. So we're, we're here where the kingdom has been inaugurated, but it hasn't seen its fulfillment. And, and, and so because that's the case, we need to then talk, well, what, is that, what does that mean? What does it mean that that's where I am? What does it mean that the kingdom of God has been established? And I'm, it, it's now, I, I can taste it. What does that mean for me? Specifically, what does it mean in regards to the God of this age, little g God of this age, Satan, and his grip on me. See, that's what we want to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about the aspect of the present kingdom and what that means in our lives. Okay, so join me in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word, which is good. And we pray this morning that you would grant us wisdom to understand it. Because this stuff, uh, if we're being honest, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of off the charts stuff, right? That, that you and your future kingdom have, have invaded, have penetrated this current evil age. And, and now we get a taste of heaven and a taste of glory. And, and, and it's, it's just overwhelming to us. Yet we still live, even though we have this taste of glory, we, we, have, we, have, we have these new powers that are, that are from the future, but we're still stuck in this present evil age. And it's hard to wrap our minds and our hearts around sometimes, God. And so, Holy Spirit, our prayer this morning is that you would come and that you'd be our teacher and our guide, that you would lift up Jesus in our midst, that we would see him clearly, and that we might understand what it means that the kingdom is in our midst. Please, Jesus, help us with this. In your name we pray, amen. All right. Okay, guys, I'm in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 14 and go through um, verse 23. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 14, uh, 14 and going through verse 23. And so the word of God says this. Um, it says, now he, that's speaking of Jesus, uh, now he was driving out a demon that was mute. And when the demon came out of the man who had been, uh, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, he drives out demons by Beelzebub, the, the ruler of the demons. And others, as, as, as a test, were demanding of him a sign from heaven. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction. And a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? But you say, I drive out demons by Beelzebub. And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. Verse 20 says, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, however, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
When a strong man fully armed guards his estate, his possessions are secure. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all of his weapons he trusted in, and he divides up the plunder. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Three things I want to share with you this morning as we talk about the present realm of the kingdom of God. And the first thing I want you to understand is this, guys. Jesus has, this has already happened, Jesus has attacked, overpowered, and disarmed the devil. Okay? Let me say that again. Jesus has attacked, overpowered, and disarmed the devil. All right? Write that down. This is really, really important. So part of Jesus' earthly ministry is that he came to heal those that were sick. Right? You cannot, um, you cannot handle the, or you can't study the ministry of, of Jesus without, without acknowledging that Jesus came to heal people. And, and maybe that's something we need to talk about a little more in our Christian lives. Right? Jesus, part of his mission was to heal people. Part of that healing, of course, was not just physical, but of, was of, of great spiritual attacks. And, and many times Jesus came across someone who was possessed by a demon. Now, that's real. Okay? Just want to say that. That's real. That's genuine. We, we can't get away from that. It makes us uncomfortable. Okay, there's all kinds of weird shows about it. I don't like to watch those. They really make me uncomfortable. But, but there, are, there are people, according to the Bible, that are possessed by powers that we cannot understand. And so Jesus shows up on the scene, and part of his healing ministry is that when he would come across somebody like that, that he would, he would not back away, but he would press in to that person, and in the name uh, of, of the Father, he, he would basically say, like, listen, out of here. I've got authority over you. Leave this person. Come out of him. Come out of her. And so this was part of Jesus' ministry, these casting out demons. Now, that made people really uncomfortable, okay? Because I'm talking about it, and your faces are like, where are we going? What are we talking about? We having a healing service today? What's going on? Okay? So Jesus would do this. It made people uncomfortable. Because it made people uncomfortable, they began to attack him. And the attacks went something like this. Uh, yeah, you're one of them. That, that's how you do that. You speak their tongue. That's how you do it. You're a demon yourself. You're from the devil. Not, that was the, the attack. Maybe you, you must be from the devil. You must be a demon yourself or you wouldn't be able to speak their language. So they're just listening to you because you guys are on the same team. And, and you're trying to trick us all. Right? And so, so to that, Jesus replies, like, that's ridiculous. That's not how the world works. A, a kingdom divided can't stand. A house divided against itself is going to fall. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. And so then he says this in, in verse, uh, what is it? In verse 21 and 22. He says, uh, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate. By the way, this is a parable. So Jesus uh, says, like, hey, that doesn't make any sense. And he tells this parable, right? And the parable goes like this. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate, his possessions are secure. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all his weapons that he trusted in, and he divides up his plunder. Anyone who's not with me is against me. Anyone who does not gather with me scatters. And what Jesus is saying is this. Don't miss this. Ready? Don't misunderstand it. What Jesus is saying is Satan is that strong man. Satan is that strong man. And ready, this, this evil age we live in is his house. That's what Jesus is saying. It's when a strong man, 
runs a house. So, so Satan, strong man, okay? Satan is, is the strong man, and, and this is when one, uh, he's guarding his estate, and his possessions are fully secure. Some of you can testify to that. You've, you've sensed that in your life. You've felt that's the case. But then Jesus says, but, right? But, but the kingdom of God is gone. See, Satan's a strong man, and this age is his house, but the kingdom of God is in your midst. And, and he says, listen, I have come, this is what Jesus is saying, I am the stronger man. When one stronger attacks him, he overpowers him. He takes from him all of his weapons that he trusted in. He divides up the plunder. And so Jesus is going to say, like, Satan is the strong man. This age is his house, but the kingdom has come, and I'm the stronger man. And I've disarmed him. I've disarmed him. And that's huge, right? Verse 22 says uh, this way, right? I've taken from him all the weapons he's trusted in. Just let that sink in for a second. I've taken from him all the weapons that he has trusted in. This is huge. This means that in his life and his death and his resurrection, that Jesus dealt a very real defeat to the devil. And that in his life and death and resurrection, Jesus dealt a a very real blow to the devil that caused... His activity and his power to be greatly diminished. Just think about that. For, I, I know you guys are like, man, I hate the devil. And I feel like he's all over me. I feel like, listen, this is, he's working at a, a lower level. Like, like his power, his activity. Jesus has dealt a great blow into Satan's authority over your life. That's, it's huge. That's, that's, that's what the kingdom of God means. When we start to talk about the present realm of the kingdom, that we live in an, an evil age, but, but the little G God of this age has been attacked by the real thing, Jesus. He's been overpowered. He's been disarmed. And so that's kind of where we begin. Is, is, so the kingdom of God is in our midst. That means that the devil has been overpowered and disarmed. Okay, So that, that's kind of the beginning of what Scripture would say about this, this present age. Okay, the present realm of the kingdom in our midst. Now, but what does that mean? Anybody else wondering? Well, what does that mean? So what? The devil's been disarmed, but what does that mean for me? What, what, what is the result of that in my life? Because I think those are the kingdom questions we have to ask. Like, what, what should I be experiencing right now because of that truth? Because if that's the truth, I want to make sure that I'm experiencing that truth. Like, I don't want to fall short of that truth. And so, so these last two points are, are for you. First of all, that means, like, the fact that Satan has been overpowered and disarmed by the coming of the kingdom, by, by, by the coming of the king, King Jesus, right? The, the, the first thing that means for us is this, right? Uh, that we can now experience the life of God. Okay? Very first thing it means for us is that we can now experience the life of God, which means that we couldn't before. So uh, I shared with you guys last week that much of the prophecy we find in the Old Testament has an initial fulfillment. Um, like we used uh, David and, and Solomon, for instance, right? We said, uh, God says to David, hey, uh, a son is going to come from you. He's going to build my, he's gonna build my, um, 
my, my kingdom, right? I'm going to stay, he'll be on the throne forever. And so that was initially fulfilled in Solomon. Ultimately, that pointed to Jesus. Because what I want to show you this morning, that's the truth about the entire Old Testament. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. And so this week at Vacation Bible School, um, I got to lead wild Bible adventures and um, teach kids uh, about the exodus of Egypt. And so uh, that, that whole thing there that, you know, God's people and, and, and how God delivered them out of the hand of Pharaoh. And so um, if I were going to just kind of show you Jesus in that story... Here it is. Uh, Maybe you didn't know this, but pharaohs um, were considered gods in Egypt. Gods. Little g, gods, right? We've been talking about Satan. Uh, The Bible calls him what? The little g, god of this age. And and so pharaohs were very much considered the god of of that age. And so um, there they were. And the children of God, the people of God, uh, were, were enslaved. They were enslaved by Pharaoh. They, 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 were, they were beaten down. They, they were forced into hard labor. And they had no choice. They were enslaved, right? They were enslaved up until God did something. And what did God do? Of course, he sent a deliverer. He sent Moses. And Moses came to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Had the ten plagues. Ultimately, we had the Passover. And then that led to the parting of the Red Sea and the, the crossing. <clears throat> right? And you remember what happened on the tail end of the crossing? Pharaoh, the army, all of the power was swallowed up in victory. Okay? Just showing you Jesus. Hebrews chapter 3 says that Jesus is the greater or the better Moses. That's what it says. So I'm, I'm I'm not teaching you anything that's not in your Bible. So Hebrews chapter 3 declares, remember we did a whole study in Hebrews, Jesus is better. So Hebrews chapter 3 declares, Jesus is the better deliverer than Moses. And just as Moses delivered God's people from the hands of Pharaoh, so Jesus delivers us from from the power of death, right? From from the power of Satan. Like, that's the picture. So I just want you, if you don't believe in a God, I, I don't even know what to do with you because God's painting a picture in history, right, through, through his people that, that plays out in Jesus in the spiritual realms, right? I, I mean, that's, that's what's going on. And, and so, so then uh, Jesus comes and he's our deliverance. And, 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 and if you don't believe that you're a slave... If you don't believe that the little G God of this heir at, at, at one point had enslaved you and you had no choice, then here's what I would submit to you, okay? Uh, John eight thirty four says this. Jesus responds, truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is what? A slave. Okay? Of course, the Bible declares we've all sinned. <laughs> okay? So, so we all slaves. Now, it, it gets worse. Um, 1 John 3, 8 says this. Uh, the one who commits sin is of the who? <laughs> is of the devil. Okay, so everyone who sins is a slave to then who? To the devil. Everyone who sins is a slave to the little G God of this age is what the Bible declares. And like we miss it because we don't understand kingdom theology. So, so we don't have this grip on the kingdom going, oh my gosh, this, this, this kingdom of the air, this kingdom of the present age, this, this evil age we live in with this little G God, that's real. That's legitimate. And I'm enslaved to him, just like God's people were enslaved to that little G, God, Pharaoh. And, and, and so we, we began to see this. And, 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 and guys, I, I would submit to you, this was the devil's great plan and weapon from the very beginning. The devil knew from the beginning that the wages of sin was death. And so he tempted Adam and Eve to try to get them to sin because he knew that if they sinned, they would be his slaves. 
Follow me? And ultimately, that is his goal, is to enslave you and to trap you and, and to try to hold you. And listen to me, for years and years and years, the devil got away with it. For years and years and years and years and years and years, the devil was the strong man until Jesus came. You follow me? Do you understand the privilege that we have to be this side of the cross? The privilege that we have to be this side of of the kingdom of God breaking into this evil age. The devil was the strong man until the stronger man came. And now the devil has been disarmed. And, And what was his greatest weapon? What was his greatest weapon, right? It was a slavery to sin and ultimately death. And so the stronger man comes and he says to the God of this age, little g God of this age, you better let my people go. Satan, of course, says no. That is until the ultimate Passover plays out. And the perfect lamb of God has his blood shed on the cross here and here and here. Right? He dies and He is raised to life. Now, when Jesus said it was finished, something strange happened. The devil thought that he'd won. He did. When Jesus said it was finished, man, the devil thought that he had had won, that the the, the promised deliverer was dead. But then came Sunday. And Satan realized that he had only bruised his heel. And in that moment, listen to me, in that moment, he had a Pharaoh moment. See, Pharaoh... Remember, he changed his mind. Remember, he pursued the Israelites, his whole army. And then all of a sudden, the the sea swallowed him up, right? Wonder what that moment was like. Well, we know when we look at Scripture that Satan had one of those moments. He thought he'd won. He thought he had killed the great deliverer. He thought the deliverer was dead until the third day and that deliverer rose again and Satan realized, "Uh uh-oh, and the seas swallowed up Satan's army and all of its weapons and that greatest weapon was death. And that is why in Corinthians, Paul boasts, where, O death, is your sting? It has been what? Swallowed up in victory. You guys see that? Isn't that beautiful? Whoo, doggies. That Bible's rich, I'm telling you. If you read it, you start to see those word pictures. You go, oh my goodness. That is what the present realm of the kingdom of God means. Satan has been disarmed. We can now experience the life of God. Okay? Yeah. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Second thing I think this means for us also, I think equally power. Not only can I have the life of God because Satan and all of his, uh, all of his armies, right? All those powers have been swallowed up in victory. Not only can I have the life of God, um, but get this, I can, I can also um, be conformed uh, to the image of God. And so last thing I would share with you guys is that Jesus' disarming of Satan means that we no longer have to be conformed to this evil age. We can instead know the will of God. I can now, because the kingdom has come, because, because the kingdom has been inaugurated, because the, the, the future realm of God has invaded the, the present realm or the present evil age, and, and so the kingdom has been established, I can now know the will of God, which is huge. It means that, that my mind 
no longer has to be conformed to the ways of this world. And so if you have your Bibles, again, I'm, I'm now in Romans chapter 12. Um, Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1. I'm just going to read two verses to you and then talk to you about this glorious truth. So Romans 12, starting in verse 1, says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Ready? This is your true worship. Here it comes, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this age. There's our word. What? It's all over. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Listen, this glorious truth, because of Jesus, because he brought his kingdom, because the future realm is is here, uh, not only only do I not get the penalty of sin, which is death, right? That's that's a huge aspect. I I get life because Jesus has come, because the kingdom, I get life, okay? But but, but even more than that, not only have I been rescued from the penalty of sin, but I've also been set free from the power and the influence that sin has over my mind and my feelings. So I want to just kind of walk you through this. You guys may remember this little chart, this little graphic. I just want to remind you. Of, of that. Um, so when we did our Lies We Believe, um, we talked about this thing, um, CBT, which is uh, it, it's cognitive behavior therapy, and the belief of, of CBT is that, guys, everything's connected. Okay? Uh, okay I, I always say mind, body, spirit, but, but so if you're going to think about it, uh, my thoughts, uh, my, my behaviors, and my emotions, all those things are connected. And so what happens is when I begin to think the wrong thoughts, then I will do the wrong things. When I think the wrong thoughts and do the wrong things, I begin to feel the wrong way, right? That's the way that it works. And so Satan, uh, Jesus calls him the father of lies in John chapter 8. Says he says he's the father of lies. He's been lying from the beginning. And so what Satan does, and we're going to walk through it just with Adam and Eve, he shows up on the scene and he begins to tell them a lie, okay? So what, what, what is he attacking? He's talk, attacking their... Their mind, right? So he's getting them to think the wrong thing. And so the lie he tells them is like, hey, you're not going to die. God's holding out on you. God knows that if you do this, you're going to be like him. And so the lie is God is holding out on you. You need to be like God. That's the lie. And so they begin to think the wrong thought. Now, when they think the wrong thought, it leads to them doing the wrong thing. God said, don't do this. Now they're doing it. They're, they're, gonna, they're like, I want to be like God, right? God's holding out on me. If God's holding out on me, then I need to do something about it. So now they're going to do the wrong thing. Now, do you remember what happened when they did the wrong thing? How they felt. Do you remember? They, their eyes were open and they felt ashamed. They felt ashamed. And so, so listen, they thought the wrong thing. It led to them doing the wrong thing. It led to them feeling the wrong way. And then when God shows up, their creator, the, the one in whose image they were made, in, in whose presence they were made to be in, how did they respond to the perfect, loving, amazing God when, when he shows up in the garden? What did they do? Instead of run to him, they ran from him. You guys following me? So here's the deal. The fact that we have been set free and rescued from sin doesn't always make it into how we feel or how we think. And so here's what I'm trying to tell you. This is the power of the current kingdom. Like, like listen, um, we, we, we know just um, in, in secular studies 
that people that are abused um, or, or have been kidnapped, for instance, when they are set free, if that person is ever returned, we know that their brain is injured. And, and not only is their brain, because their brain is injured, it's been so misprogrammed that they don't feel the right way. Because you would expect, they come home, Mom! Dad! I'm home! It doesn't happen that way. Because they come home and they're still thinking the wrong thoughts and they're feeling the wrong way because they've done something, right? I mean, I mean and here's, here's what I'm telling you. The Bible says, because Jesus has come, I don't have to think the wrong way anymore. I, 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 I listen, I've been freed, but I'm telling you, a lot of people that are freed still think the wrong way about themselves. But the power that I have in God is, is that, listen, that tool of the devil, that thing that tells me that I'm no good, that I am junk, that I'm not good enough for God, that points out all my mistakes, that thing can be overcome too. That's what I'm telling you. Is the power of the kingdom is the power to change your mind and help you think right so that you can know God again. So that you can know God again. So that you can walk in intimacy with God again. And I say that to you in love because I know a whole lot of Christians, they've trusted in Jesus, but they feel like something is off. They just don't feel close to him. And in my mind, in my heart, it's like that, that person that was abused or abducted. And they've been set free out of that abuse. But they just don't feel right in that relationship. And that's because their mind hasn't been transformed yet. Okay? And so the Bible says that I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I've got to start thinking the right thoughts about God. I've got to believe them again. And when I do, that intimacy with God is going to return. And so if you're here this morning, and that resonates with you at all, if you're here this morning and you've kind of lacked that intimacy, God go, man, wow, that, that speaks to me. I, I'm, I'm just going to submit to you. Maybe that's what's going on in your life. And so I, I want to close by giving you some application this morning. And I said when we started this sermon, like, we're always going to talk about why this matters. Okay, so why does it matter that the kingdom of God is at hand? Why does that matter for my life? Okay, um, so walk through these things with me real quick. Um, <clears throat> one, it matters because freedom is available. Okay, the, the rescuer is, is here. And, and some of you are here this morning and, and like you haven't experienced the life that God has. And, and I just want to say to you that, that Jesus is here, that freedom is, is here, that it is something that you can grasp, right? Uh, I know that Satan is strong. And that's kind of how some of you feel. In life, man, you just feel like I'm getting whooped. There's no way I could ever be good enough for God. There's no way, like my history, my background. Some of you, like you're experiencing the strength of, of, of Satan. And, and all I'm going to say to you is, like, trust me, Jesus is stronger. Jesus is the stronger man. And, and he has come so that you could be set free from the penalty of sin, which is death, so that you could have the very life of God. And if you're not experiencing that today, you can you can. All you have to do is call out. Say, Jesus, save me. That's, by the way, that's what the Israelites did. Do you, do you remember that? Do you remember what they did? They just cried out, God, save us. And God did. The Bible says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I just start there, guys. Let Jesus set you free. Okay, second um, thing and, and, and why I, I think uh, the present kingdom is, is important. Because we don't have to 
um, think negatively about ourselves anymore. Right? So, so my, my application point here would be change your mind or let God change your mind. And, and so I'm just going to say this to you lovingly. You don't have to feel like junk anymore. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure I'm the only person in the room that's ever felt that way. Just feel, I, I, I've just had moments in my life, guys, if I'm just being brutally honest with you, I just I feel like junk. I don't feel like I measure up. I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like all of my past mistakes have never left me. Uh, I feel incapable. I feel unproductive. I feel, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I, I, who here that is a parent has not felt like a failure at times? Amen. And I got four of them, so just keep multiplying that. And a couple of them enter in teenage years, which is like, I'm, Lord, I'm not going to make it out of this. There are times as your pastor, I feel like a complete failure. I, I, I look at our church, I look like, you know, I mean, there's, there's these things, and there's these church growth people, like, you should be this, and this is the curve, and this is the timeline. You look at, you're like, I, I, can't, I can't measure up to that. I, I, can't, I can't deliver something that's, that's just not spirit-led, biblical. Like, like that's, they're, they're just times. That you go, go read the qualifications of an elder. Just go read through that. That's my job description. And, and I wake up and I look in the mirror and I'm like, dude, I, I got, I'm, I'm just struggling with that. And just the gravity of that. And then, and then, then like, hey, got to be the husband of one wife. And I'm like, I suck at that. And, and you know, got to have your family under control. And I'm like, well, not today, Lord. And, and you, you just walk through the, the gravity of that. And you see your people that are hurting. You're going, Lord, am I doing something wrong that they're not thriving? And, and, and just the gravity of that. And listen, that's just me. What about you? Because I believe that we all have this tendency to buy this lie of the devil that says that we are not worthy, and yet we look at the cross and God's saying, you are worthy, I love you. I love you, here's your value, it's in what I place on you. And so listen, one of the great, um, listen, any abusive person, I'm not meaning this to be about abuse, it just is. And maybe you're here and that's kind of your background. By the way, I just want to tell you, if you've come out of any relationship where somebody has constantly browbeat you and beat you down and told you you're nothing, you need to go get counseling. But here's your counseling in Jesus this morning spiritually. If the enemy has done that to you, and I bet he has. I bet he has. I bet he's told you that you're nothing. I bet he's told you that you don't measure up. I bet he's told you that you're a failure, okay? Here's, ready? Here, here, here it is. God says to you, I don't make junk. I don't make junk. And by the way, it's not about your performance anyway. It's about my son's perfection. And that's who you're standing in. When we sing songs like I stand in your love, or I'm standing on the promises of God, or I'm, I'm, I'm singing in the victory that Jesus... Like, we sing those songs because that is what I am who you say I am. That's because I am not who He says I am. <laughs> I am who God's... That's who you are. That is your identity in Christ. Listen, you can look in the mirror tomorrow morning when you get up, And when the enemy's getting after you, you can just smile back and say, go on back to hell where you came from. I am not junk. I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. Write it on your mirror if you have to. Put it on the doorpost of your home. Stick it in your car. 
Set your reminder. I am who you say I am, God. And every time the enemy tells you you're junk, say, oh, <laughs> hey, buddy, I've been set free. And one of the things I've been set free from is your lies. I will no longer put up with your abuse. This is who I am in Christ. Let God change your mind. Okay, last thing I'd share with you. Okay, you guys, there's deep breaths in the room like it got heavy up in this place this morning. Last thing I'm going to tell, tell you is, and listen, I, I'm going to just give this to you for free in love. You better stay dressed for battle. Now listen, so you hear me say, uh, man, the devil has been overpowered and disarmed. You're like, hallelujah, I'm going to walk out naked tomorrow. Right? Spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking. And I, I know some people that do that. I, I mean, I'm telling you. Spiritually speaking, um, they're, they're just out there. And, and so they, they're, like, they're claiming, remember, I told you last week, okay? The future kingdom of God has invaded, it has penetrated the present evil age. And that means we get some, we get a taste. We, we, we get a taste of the feast to come. We, we, we get a taste to see that the Lord is good. But we don't get all of it yet, okay? So hear me, what I'm saying to you is even though... Satan's strongest tools have been swallowed up in victory. That dude is still strong. Okay? You do not want to go. Now, he, he's probably down to hand-to-hand combat at this point, but he is not somebody you want to go hand-to-hand combat with without being dressed for battle. Are you following me? So I do not want you to mistake the truth of, of the presence of the, 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 the kingdom of God, which, which is here now, Right? The present realm is not the future realm of glory. So, so that his, all his power has not been diminished yet. Now, his weapons have been taken away. Like Death no longer can, can hold us captive. We're, we're no longer slaves. Okay? He has no power over my mind. I can be set free from, from the power of his lies now. Those are great things that Jesus has won for me. But the devil is still formidable. And so you better be dressed. Put on the full armor of God. Where does it start? With your mind? Got to put on the helmet. I've been saved by grace. Right? Through faith. And it is a gift of God. It's not anything that I've done. God has done this for me. That means that I'm valuable to God. It means that I'm something to God. Right? I am who you say I am, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang on to those promises, not because of what I've done. And so we're going to fight. We're going to fight those lies. So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my, my breastplate. I'm going to cover my heart. I'm going to cover my heart and the things that I live for. Right? I'm going I'm to live for the glory of God. That is why I exist. That God might be glorified. That his kingdom might come. And I might get to be a part of that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry my shield of faith, brother. Right? I, I, which, is, which is the word of truth. And, 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 and it's going to be washed in the water of the word. And so I'm going I'm to be in that Bible. And if I'm not in that Bible, I, I know that that's why some of my life is on fire. Because the enemy's shooting his flaming arrows and they caught me up on fire. And I, I need that word to wash and to extinguish those flaming arrows. Like, I just have to know like the, the, the enemy is still real. And that's why Paul would say, like, Paul is like, death, you've been swallowed up. Why do I do the things that I don't want to do? Because the enemy's real. And, and we're here, guys. This is where we're living. I wish it were as easy as present evil age has ended, Jesus came, and we're in glory. But it's, that, it, it's not that smooth of a transition. So listen, the kingdom of God is here in our midst. 
And, and, and man, praise God. Some amazing things happened because Jesus invaded this evil age. Amen? We're now saved. We're now transformed. I don't have to think wrong thoughts. I get the life of God. But I still have to deal hand-to-hand combat with the enemy. I better get dressed. I hope you do this week. I hope you do. Guys, pray with me, okay? Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word, which is true. God, my prayer coming into this entire thing was that we as your people would understand who you uh, say we are. God, that we would understand what you say about your kingdom and how it has come and that we would live for that kingdom. For that kingdom, that would be our aim and our goal in all that we do. And so King Jesus... We ask this morning you would reign over us, that you'd reign over our hearts and our minds. We pray this morning for strength, that you would help us to believe who you say we are, um, that we would throw off all that the enemy says. God, I pray for those gathered here and those that couldn't be with us this morning. God, would you allow them to just bathe in your word? And I'm, I'm not talking like a quick bath. I mean like a soaker tub kind of deal that we might just soak up your goodness this week and that through that our minds might be renewed and we would stop believing the lies of the devil. He no longer has authority over our minds and he no longer has authority over our spirits. So God, help us to walk in victory. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.